0: So. Welcome to the Practice in Motion podcast where we talk sports, culture, food, oh, and the law. The Practice in Motion podcast is about bringing engaging conversations, sprinkled with nuggets and insights about the legal aspects of everyday life. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Get to it. Get to it. Welcome to the Practice in Motion podcast with your host Steve.
1: Hi everybody, and it's Asia here.
0: And welcome to a bonus episode involving, we're going to talk about Father's Day and maybe a little bit about fathers and the law. We have a special guest with us as well, Attorney Odalo Ohiku. I'm back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's back. We have two fathers with me today, Attorney DeBogus, Attorney Ohiku. So we want to talk about what it means to you guys to be a father and go on from there. So Steve, tell us about yourself first. I know you have a son.
0: Yeah, I mean, I brought him with me, but he went off in the other room to finish playing video games. But I have a son, Stephen III, who is 11, going on 12. He'll be in seventh grade and he's off of school. So I get to be his full-time primary caretaker for the time being until camp starts. So we're just hanging out and uh, try to get him involved and doing different things until he can do something age-appropriate besides follow his dad around.
2: And <laughs> Antonio Hiku, what about you? For me, Father's Day is always kind of a toss-up, so to speak. I grew up without my father. So I think with being a father, I try to do the things that my father didn't do. So I try to make sure that I'm spending time with my children. I got two daughters. I got a big gap in my daughters. I got one who is almost 25, and then I got one who just turned five. So I got basically a 20-year gap. And the reason for the gap is, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to be a father. So it kind of scared the, you know what, out of me. And for me, I feel like I did the responsible thing. I didn't have, I'm not judging anyone, but for me, I feel like I did the responsible thing. Didn't have another child, another child, another child. But made sure that I finished school and waited 20 years (laughs) before I had my second. Also, in that same vein,
0: I think that's how you got involved with family law and doing family law was just what you have noticed, how fathers are handled by the legal system. Do you want to kind of talk or elaborate on that?
2: That's a good point. Steve, I can tell you with my oldest, I already said that I didn't have any more, right? And then I finished school. Well, her mom, and this is not, casting any type of aspersions on her mom or anything like that, but her mom wanted me to not continue school, be closer to our daughter, and I didn't do that. I was on scholarship at Marquette, and I wasn't going to turn down a full ride to Marquette to basically be working some type of dead-end. and Again, no disrespect to anyone or anything like that, but in my opinion, kind of a dead-end type of uh, job and not finishing my school. So I didn't do that. So it caused problems. So for a while there, my relationship with my oldest, it was strained, and this is not, basically the child was being played in the middle. I wasn't doing it, right? But there were some hard feelings involved, and I don't want to point the finger, but it wasn't me. So when it came time to spend time with my daughter, sometimes her mom wasn't cooperating. So, I mean, I dealt with the court system personally, trying to make sure that our visitation schedule was being followed because it always wasn't being followed.
0: Right. And I I had experience with, uh, I used to do, they call it parenting conferences in Milwaukee County. They would have you go and you can volunteer and try to do a quasi-mediation. And a lot of times you would get the fathers who were initiating Those conferences to try to work something out with the mom and and not to mention there was a fair share of, uh, I don't want to call them deadbeats, but less than ideal fathers who just wanted to get out of child support and use visitation as a way to get out of that. But more often than not, I met a lot of genuine fathers who wanted to be a part of their kids' lives or they had concerns about what was going on in the other parental household. And they sacrificed a lot to provide not only financial stability, but emotional stability as well. So I think now in this generation, more is being required of fathers than I think in any other generation. Because it used to be you could just go to work mm-hmm. and provide, and you was a good dad. You should show him how to throw a football or a baseball and show up to the games and make sure the mom had what she needed. And when she needed you to step in, you stepped in and that was enough. But now, so much more is being required because I think the family structure is becoming more non-traditional, more blended, more fluid. So it's a complex thing to be a dad <laughs> these days.
1: Right. And that brings me to a question. So what do you think you've learned your greatest like life lesson from being a father? I know with my dad, he has three girls, so it has to be a lot for him seeing (laughs) this, especially growing up and being grown now, how much we've changed and things like that, so I'm sure he's gained a lot of patience and understanding being our father, but what about you?
0: The two biggest things I've learned is that and probably Attorney Ohiku can echo these sentiments, you gotta just accept what you get, you know what I mean? Like, you can't really prepare for it, like, nothing is gonna prepare you for that, being a father, like, there's no manual I used to tell my ex-wife, like, you got a nine-month head start on me. Like, when you got pregnant, you became a mother. Because now you had to stop thinking about yourself. You can't eat certain things. You got to go to the doctor all the time. Your feet, your body is changing. I'm catching up when that (laughs) baby come out, you know. And even then... I don't even get much say because I'm just there to really support you. Like I can't feed the baby; I'm not equipped with that equipment. So <laughs> that's the first thing. And the second thing is that you have to respect their individuality. Like they're not an extension of you. Like the things that I might be into, my kid might not have no interest in or can't relate to. So trying to treat them as individuals and nourish their individuality while trying to make them confident and give them the things they need to know. Those are the two biggest things because as parents, a lot of times. You try to, especially Black parents, you parent from a place of trauma. You know what I mean? And so, like, you know what happened to you, and and you try to, out of an overabundance of caution, try to protect them from that. But a lot of times, it's from a place of trauma that you're doing it. So you have to always kind of be cognizant and say, okay, am I putting my traumas on my children inadvertently? So those are two
2: or three biggest things I always think about. One of the biggest things that I think about is, in their eyes, you're a god like small G God. You're everything <laughs> to them and they love mom, they love dad, they love both parents and a lot of times you as a father, I got to be aware, got to be cognizant that my youngest is always watching me. I'm her role model. I'm her everything. So I have to make sure that, for example, when I get home from a hard day at work, make sure that I'm not bringing that crap in with me because to her, her God had just come in and she wants to spend time with me and I don't want My negative energy from my day coming in and overshadowing my bond with my daughter. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing, I think, that just knowing who you are. And
0: to be a a father, you have to really know yourself as a man first.
2: And for me, the other thing I want to say, too, is I got two daughters. No son yet. My wife wants to keep trying. (laughs) Keep trying for that little boy. But no, I got two daughters. And I think uh, the father-daughter relationship, that's one that's very very special. I think that as men or as a man, we want to make sure that we're protecting our women, our daughters, our mothers, our wives, and the women in our lives. So it's a very, very unique and very special and, and can be very intense right. <laughs> type of relationship. But I enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that protection or that teaching ever goes away. As the older the child gets, I know I just spent vacation with my father and we're playing water volleyball with other random people. He's really trying to coach me up. I'm like, (laughs) we're not back in the day. I'm not trying out for the team. Like, we're just having fun. But you just instantly see how much he cares and you wanted me to be the best I could be just in that water volleyball game.
0: Like, I couldn't imagine. I think God knew what he was doing. He gave me a son because I parent so differently than, like, I would if I was a father. Like, I had a sister or even with my niece, I'm way different, I'm like more protective and I'm more like aware. And I'm like, my sister brought her boyfriend around and I was better, but my dad had a super hard time with that because that was like her first boyfriend and he was bringing him around. And now he's kind of having to deal with having to step aside and trust somebody else that she wants to be around more to be that. So I just know I probably couldn't handle my daughter dating or having some other guy being the primary person, especially if you set a really high standard and you've been really there the whole way from zero to 30, 25 years or whatever, so, I don't know. if You could tell me how your dad handled having three daughters <laughs> and, and y'all having that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. So, as far as the actual day, Father's Day, do you guys, as your family do anything special for y'all? Because I feel like it's hard for me and my sisters to always think of something, like, different for my dad to do. But what do you guys usually do?
0: In our family, because it's like I said off air, it's predominantly men and boys. So, my mom had four brothers. And she was the oldest girl. So we would normally barbecue, go to everybody's house. But now I got, my cousins have kids. So now I'm on like my second cousins and it's a bunch of them. So we normally barbecue or go out to dinner or I try to go and if I have the time go and my dad is in Michigan, go and spend that with him and us just hang out or talk and things of that nature. So Fathers tend to be low-maintenance. Yeah. Like If you say something, you say, Happy Father's Day, it's like cool. If you don't, we'd be like, cool, too. But <laughs> but as soon as something goes wrong, if you don't do something right, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> what I like to do, I like to eat. Yeah. That's what I like to do. I like to eat on Father's Day, and I like to relax. And sometimes my wife, <laughs> sometimes she thinks that that's not really what I want. But the truth is, I just want to chill out because I'm always running, 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 running. So, I mean, a perfect Father's Day for me would be just to be able to chill out, do nothing, and eat. That'd be perfect. And it's weird in that I always say that on Mother's Day,
0: fathers get their kids. And on Father's Day, fathers get their kids. But, you know, it is cool to just be able to have that kind of access and have things slow down where you can actually be present and spend time with your children and see what they're into and just build that relationship.
2: Steve, you think we as men, we are... Like, you're protective of your niece. I'm protective of my daughters. You think it's something innate in men that we kind of don't trust other men with our (laughs) daughters? Or what what do you think that is? I talk about it all the time where men are very
0: territorial and that our structure is very hierarchical and about boundaries. You know what I mean? Like, I would tell people the friends I have at the gym are not the same friends I'm probably going out with or the friends I'm going to call to when I'm having a bad day. Like, we have little circles and pockets. And so we don't want people that don't have access in our pocket. So you ever seen uh, Meet the Fockers or Meet the Parents or whatever? Yeah. But he was like, you're in the circle of trust. And so that's kind of how men are. Like We build our little kingdoms. And then if you're an outsider, you are an enemy until you prove otherwise. And that's just, I think, how we are. Like, this is mine. This is the line. This is the boundary. And I think that's the difference between female relationship is that If you cross boundaries with a male, there's often physical repercussions (laughs) or other repercussions that follow as opposed to like with women, it's like they might talk bad about them, but unless you're from a different part, you ain't going to get jumped on. But I've seen men fight over like basketball seats. You in the wrong seat and then you get punched out. (laughs) (laughs) So it's very much boundary and built on respect. And I think that's where that comes from.
2: Yeah, I think that's a big part of it too. And one thing that I can say that I've noticed with my youngest is, if I'm being honest, I have noticed that there are probably a lot of things that I missed out on with my oldest, because I was in school. I didn't quit school. I didn't drop out of school. But just being there, for the most part, full-time with my youngest, I mean, feeding, clothing, dressing, going to first swimming lessons, first day of this, first day of that. It really is an amazing thing to be a dad. So I realized that I did miss out on that with my oldest. But I'm happy that We still have a very good relationship. And I like, but she knows that I was always there. So it makes me feel good. Even when I was in school, I still made sure that I was a part of her life. I think that's why God gives you grandparents, right?
0: Because I think even your parents will tell you, my grandmama was not like that with us. But you know what? They soften up because they get to go through the whole cycle. Like, my mom is totally different with my son than she was with me and my brothers. She's like, you're too hard on him. I'm like, this is how you raised me. I got this from you. <laughs> so I think they get some wisdom and they realize not to take everything so serious. But when you in it and you're so close to it, everything is like life and death. But when you kind of one step removed, you can kind of be like, ah, oh, they're going to be all right. They'll turn out okay. And so I think that's how God lets you make up for lost time is by you're fortunate enough to become a grandfather or grandmother.
1: Yeah, to wrap up, I guess, speaking of lost time, what advice would you guys give to fathers who may not be in their children's lives right now and they want to start like fostering that relationship?
0: Uh, I think that you just really got to put forth the effort and always have a saying that all you got to do is plant the seeds and pull the weeds. You can't really control the harvest. So just trying to meet the kids where they are and let them know that you love them, that you value them. You might not have always, when you're wrong, you admit that you're wrong just because they're younger don't mean they don't deserve an apology when you've messed up. So when I've messed up, I tell my son, hey, I'm sorry, I should have did this better. or I made a mistake. And that teaches them things too. And just say, look, you know, I might not have always been there, but I'm trying to be here now. And so as the father, you got to always kind of set the tone and be the leader. And eventually they catch up. Like I tell people all the time, like, if my son understands me now, I'm not doing a good job. He probably won't get the kind of man I am until he's 25, you know what I mean? And so it's not for him to understand me or what I'm trying to teach him now. It'll be, it'll bear fruit later on.
2: Attorney Patterson, I would say, because I think about this often, I would say, let them know that you're there, even if you've been out of their life, but let them know that you're, you're trying to be in their life. So I'm, in my brain, I'm thinking about my relationship with my oldest. So although her mom and I were having this kind of strained relationship or, or strife between us, My oldest always knew that I was there. If there was report card pickup, I was there. Even if her mom and I weren't getting along, she would still see me. She would still know that I was actively trying to be there for her. So I would say as long as the child knows that you're there, you're trying to be there, that's what they see. They remember it. To them, you're still that guy with a little G. So if they see that you're making that effort, everything's going to be all right.
0: Yeah, they just want to know that they can depend on you and have somebody they can trust and depend on. And you send that stability and that consistency. That goes a long way with kids, I think. So even though they don't realize it.
1: Well, thank you both for giving your nuggets of advice on fatherhood. And happy Father's Day to both of you.
0: Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review in your favorite podcast app. We would love to hear from you. If you have questions or just want to say hi, you can reach out on our website listed in the show notes. Till next time, practice in motion.